Good morning, Christ Church, Old Brooklyn, Columbia Station, our friends online, Merry Christmas. It's a beautiful white Christmas, and we are so happy to be here to celebrate this morning together. Let me say a prayer for us. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you so much. We're so thankful that you have a heart for us. We're thankful for this time of year at Christmas that we are reminded just how big and generous and loving and gentle your heart is towards us. I pray, Father, that you would open our hearts to you today. I pray that we would hear the invitation from Jesus Christ and that your goodness, your faithfulness, your gentleness would fill our hearts this morning. I pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. So 16 years ago was our first Sunday that we got to do in this beautiful auditorium here at Columbia Station. But it was also another momentous occasion. A week later, my husband and I got married, and we got to get married in this beautiful auditorium. And um, at the time I got married, girls, you understand, this was pre-Pinterest days. So things were real different then than they are today. And back in these days, when you were going to do your wedding invitations, they had these box kits. Does anybody remember this? You would go to the store and you would pick out this box kit and everything was in it. It basically made you feel like you were some type of like graphic artist genius because everything was done. The cards were there, the ribbons were there, the envelopes, the RSVPs, everything you needed. There was a program on the computer you downloaded. It printed everything for you. I won't tell you how many mistakes I made because this is way outside my wheelhouse, but it was so much fun. It was so excited because we were getting married and it was exciting because it was marrying my best friend and the adventure we were gonna start together and the party that we were gonna have to celebrate this big day and the fun and the drinks and the food and the people and we had something to celebrate and we wanted our favorite people to be there with us. Behind every good invitation is what you're being invited to, right? Whether it's a party or a wedding or a birthday, maybe it's a baby shower, a night out with friends, something to celebrate, something to do together, a place where it's gonna be filled with joy and there's something about getting a good invitation, like I was included, right? I, I, I was invited to something I was thought of, and it's so incredible to be remembered and included when you get an invitation. There is, in the book of Matthew, a beautiful invitation that Jesus Christ extends towards us. And it's not just any invitation to a fun party or a fun adventure, but it's an invitation to know his very heart. This is what it says in Matthew chapter 11, starting at verse 28. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Here's the invitation that Jesus extends to us. Come to me. And I love it because the, the qualifiers here, like who can come to Jesus? All who are wearied and burdened. burdened all who are tired and worn out, people who are struggling under the weight of disappointment and unmet expectations, those who feel empty or like they've just been running on fumes. Basically, if you're doing life right now, this is an invitation from Jesus Christ. Life is full of unexpected twists and turns, right? There's goods and there's bads and there's ups and there's downs. 
And somehow, as we navigate our way through life, weights get added into us, into our minds, our hearts, our bodies. No matter where we are or who we are, this invitation that Jesus Christ extends is for all of us. And he invites us into his heart. Now, here's what's really interesting. You can read all the Gospels, all the words from Jesus, his teaching, the verses. This is the one place in all of these um, books that talk about Christ where we are told about his heart. And here's what he says about his heart. It is gentle and humble. Maybe some of your um, translations say gentle and lowly. What, we, what, is, what does Jesus mean by this? There's this incredible book that a man named Dane Ortland wrote, and it's called Gentle and Lowly. If you want to meet Christ in a way you've not met him before, it's a lovely book. I invite you to read it. Here's what he says. The point in saying that Jesus is lowly is saying he is accessible for all his glory and dazzling holiness, for his supreme uniqueness and otherness. No one in human history has ever been more approachable than Jesus Christ. No prerequisites, no jumps to hoop through, no minimum bar to be enfolded into the embrace. Simply open yourself up to him. It's all he needs. It says you don't need to unburden or collect yourself and then come to Jesus. Your very burden is what qualifies you to come. No payment is required. He says, I will give you rest. This is what we learn about the heart of Jesus Christ. It's tender. It's open. It's welcoming. It's accommodating. It's understanding, willing, and gentle. He says, Christ doesn't get flustered and frustrated when we come to him for fresh forgiveness, for renewed pardon with distress and need and emptiness. That's the whole point. It's exactly what he came to heal. So Jesus doesn't throw his hands up in the air when he engages sinners. He's calm, tender, soothing, restrains. He deals with us gently. Come to me, he says. What is Christ inviting us to? Listen, he's not saying come to a set of doctrines. We don't come to a church. We don't even come to the gospel. All of these are vital and valuable, but most truly, we come to a person. His name is Jesus Christ. And when we come to Jesus Christ, we've misunderstood how truly good he is. There's always a hesitation. He's going to be annoyed with me. He's going to be frustrated with me. I know he said he loves me, but he didn't really mean this thing, right? I, I know he said he's good, but he really doesn't want to deal with this mess, this nonsense, this corner of my heart that's dark and heavy. But when we come to Jesus Christ, what we find again and again and again, not one time, not ten times, but eternally, is open arms. We find the welcoming open arms of Jesus Christ who has a heart that is towards us. Listen, when we come to Jesus, we're his. Always. He will not cast us out. When our girls were little, we took them to the ocean. And you ever, like your first time in the ocean, you have to learn to get past like the wall where the waves break into you? 
it's kind of like a learning curve, right? Because otherwise you get knocked down. And so when we would take them out into the water, we would have to teach them how to get past that. So we'd hold on to their arms. My husband was better at this than I was because he's stronger than I am. And we would show them how to get past that so that they could learn how to jump with the waves. And of course, they're hanging on to you so tight, right? There's that, that little hand, that little fierce grip that they have. But at a certain point, the waves are strong. And it's not them who's holding on. It's you, right? You have a grip on your kiddo, and you're not going to let them go. And this is the idea, the imagery that we have of Jesus Christ. I might feel like I'm clinging to Christ with all my strength. I might feel like my hand is shaking and weak and my grip is giving out, but our promise is his grip is tighter and he will not let us go. Our image is of a Christ who carries us out even when the waves of life are crashing into us, even when we feel like we're just trying to keep our head above water. Christ will not let us go. We're his. In this spot right here, friends, every excuse that we have, but what about this? No, he doesn't know this. He could never understand this. Why would he be letting this happen? Christ will not let us go. He will not let us down. He delights in holding on to us. As a parent delights in clinging to their child, Christ delights in holding on to us. So what's the invitation that Jesus says? Come to me. Let him love you. He will not let you down. Dane Ortland said, whatever is crumbling all around in your life, wherever you feel stuck, this remains undeflectable. Jesus Christ's heart for you. The real you. He's gentle and lowly. So go to him. Place that place in your heart, in your life, where you feel most defeated, most exhausted, most worn down, he's there, right there, and his heart is for you. It's not on the other side, but right where you are, that Christ's heart is gentle, accessible to you. Christ invites us to know his heart because we just so underestimate how much he loves us how much he's for us. And when we come to Jesus Christ, what does he say? Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I'm gentle, I'm humble, lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Jesus uses this imagery of a yoke here. This is, it's an older farming term that we don't really use anymore. But it's an imagery that shows us how to exchange the exhausting burden that we carry in our lives for so long for a load that is so much different in him. If you've ever seen a picture before, our yoke was this wooden beam that you would put two animals, ox, together, and they would be able to work together side by side to do the work that they had to do. It would pull a heavy load, them together. And Jesus uses this imagery so we see ourselves attached to him in the kind of way that we can carry the heavy loads of life. Because what happens is, as we do life, as we get older and we get busy and there's problems to solve and jobs to do and bills to pay and Christmas to get ready for, right? We start carrying heavy and heavier loads on our shoulder. We try to do it on our own and we have all these weights that we don't even realize until we just stop and take a second. 
Some of the weight is religious obligation that we could never live up to. We feel like we've been trying our whole life to be a good person and we just keep getting it wrong. There's never enough. Some of the weight is trying to prove that we are good enough, that we are worthy enough, that we are lovable enough. Some of us have that perfection driving us and it's exhausting and weighing us down. And Jesus says all of these things can be exchanged for a different kind of yoke, the yoke of Jesus Christ. What he means is we can connect ourselves to him. We can attach our lives to Jesus Christ. We can learn from him. We can grow with him. We can look at the world not from the weight of burden and heaviness and exhaustion and stress and worry and perfectionism, but through the heart of Jesus Christ. We don't have to feel checked out in life. We, we don't have to feel like we're going to give up. Instead, Christ says, when you're doing life with me, you will find rest for your souls. When you are attached to me, when you feel like you just can't go one more step, Christ says, right here, let me walk through life with you. Let me take some of that load. Who told you you had to carry that by yourself? Who told you that it was somehow weakness to say, I need help, and I cannot do this alone? That's the exact place Christ isn't annoyed with us. He's not burdened by us. He's delighted to meet us there and help him. Christ says right there, we can find rest by connecting with him. And it's the kind of rest, you know, sometimes you're so tired, you just have to take a little nap. <laughs> It was like such an annoyance when you were a kid, like, I don't want to take a nap. It's the worst thing ever. And now we're adults. We're like, I would pay valuable money for some quiet nap time. The words in my house are just 20 minutes, 20 minutes of quiet. Mom just needs to rest her eyes, right? Sometimes we feel like if I could just catch up enough sleep, if I could just take a little nap, but we wake up still exhausted. Or we get through the night and the next day is just as exhausting because it's not the kind of rest that refreshes our souls. Yes, our bodies get tired and physically we need to refresh and repair, but so do our souls. Our souls get burdened through life. They get dented. They get poked at. Our hearts get weary and worn down, and the only place that we can refresh them that is healthy and good is in Jesus Christ. Our hearts, our souls, they all have these Christ-shaped holes in them. We've been trying to shove everything in there that we think will make us feel good. We've been trying to cram everything in that we feel like will make us happy and make everything better and easier, and it doesn't get easier. The world keeps getting crazier. The world keeps becoming more of a mess. It's messy. Just when you think, like, okay, we got this. It's under control. Something new pops up. We were in the emergency room twice this week. Now one time, two times, everybody's okay. Took about a year off my life, but we're okay. <laughs> then a blizzard blows in. A once-in-a-generation snowstorm. Then my power went out. <laughs> I was like, dear Jesus, there's a lot we can do, but we need some heat for this, right? Like, just when you feel like you've got things under control, life's like, oh, no, 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 hold my coffee for a second. We're coming in hot, right? Life is messy, and it's hard, and we're just a, girl, just a family trying to have some Christmas fun over here, right? Who's, who's waving the white flag? We're just trying. <laughs> we get it, Jesus. We are not in control. 
messy, right? We cannot predict the things that were going to show up this year. But guess what? Christ says you don't have to look through life through that lens. Yeah, it's messy. It's weird. It's twisty and turny, and you're, it's not even done being weird yet, right? But we also have the lens of Christ that we get to choose to see things through. The lens of hope and possibility. The lens of God isn't done yet. The best that he wants to do, it's not even happened yet. Not in your life and not in mine. Not in your family. Not in this church. Not in our generation even. God isn't done yet. Right here where we are is where Christ wants to meet us. He wants to help us carry the loads, the physical load, the ones that have been hardening our hearts and exhausting our soul. This is where Christ wants to meet us. And the very good reminder of Christmas is this. God cares for you. Not just some abject idea of you. Individually, you, your life, your heart. Why else would Christ come to be with us? Why else would Christ step into our messy humanity and take on the form of a baby? He could have taken any form he wanted to. He's God. All power, all majesty, all glory belong to him. And yet he came into the world as a small, gentle baby so that we could tie our lives to him, that we could learn from him, that we could learn how to do life in the kind of way that does not defeat us, but brings us hope and joy and peace. Here's what Christ's telling us. It's the heart of the gospel. If you read through the Bible, it's what you see again and again and again. We are saved by the grace of Jesus Christ. It is not based on our record, but the record of what Christ has already done. The gospel isn't, here's another set of rules to follow. Make sure your good girl column is higher than your, your bad girl column this week, right? It's not this. It's a relationship. Christ doesn't invite us into a set of rules. He invites us into a relationship with him. And look, this relationship that he brings us into with God, it's never been contingent on us getting all the things right. You know why? We're terrible at getting all the things right. Look at how many rules you probably broke. I know, you're, you're good. I'm only the middle child here. I, the list of rules we've broken, it's probably best not to talk about. It's always been based on a relationship to Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter how many laws we keep. It doesn't matter how many. I love a good self-help book. You've heard me talk about this. I love a good self-help book. It doesn't matter how many self-help books I've read, how much discipline I put into, how much religious effort I exert. None of those things make us right with God. Only Jesus Christ can do that. And he says, tie your life to me. Let's pull through this together, because when you do, the load isn't heavy. You find rest by handing it all over to Jesus Christ. There's a burden that religion places on us that says we'll never get it right, but it's covered by the love of Jesus Christ, whose grace will always be greater than our sin. There's a weight of life that's exhausting and wearying, and it is perpetually, eternally renewed, by the power of Jesus Christ who stands with us in everything 
that we face. There is a yoke of stress that strangles our hope out of us, that robs us of the joy of right now. But it is always overwhelmed by the voice of Jesus Christ that says, I've got you. I will not let you go. Christ came into the world to be God with us. Our history, our humanity, our vulnerability, he stepped in. And when we truly, truly get the heart of Jesus Christ, we feel wholeness and rest that we never can in any other way. Listen to his promise. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Following Christ does not burden us. It empowers us and frees us. We're not mired down under weights we can't carry. We are freed to live our very best life with him. And as the goodness, the kindness, the gentleness of Jesus Christ fills our hearts, we are restored, renewed, and refreshed. As we really, really understand how fully loved and valued we are, we are reminded that we have a friend who is with us in all things. Listen to how shocking this is. Christ enjoys your presence. He wants to be with you. You aren't a hassle. You aren't a nuisance. He wants you to do life with him because he enjoys your presence. This Christmas, we are invited to know the heart of Jesus Christ. He has endless amounts of grace because he's gracious. He will never run out of mercy because it's who he is. We could never even tap into just how great the depths of love he has for us. He'll never run out. Ever. Not today, not tomorrow, not in our whole life. When we come to Jesus Christ, we don't find an angry God who's disappointed with us. We find a loving Savior who gives us grace and favor and blessing. Question is, will you come to him? Will you go to Jesus? Will you take his gentleness, his kindness into your heart? He delights in showing you his goodness and wants his blessing and peace to cover you, not just today, but for all the days of your life. I read this powerful idea. We don't always control what happens to us. Listen to how powerful this is. But we always control how we interpret what happens to us as well as how we respond. Whether we like it or not, we are always taking an active role in what's occurring to and within us. We're always interpreting the meaning of every moment and every occurrence. We are always choosing the values by which we live and the metrics by which we measure everything that happens to us. We're always choosing. Every day, just by waking up and engaging in life, we're choosing. What if this invitation that Christ extends to us helps us choose life different? What if the principle that God is not against us but for us affects the values by which we measure life? What if the heart and the gentleness of Jesus Christ so fills our mind, our heart, and our souls, it affects the choices that we make every single day? What might the heart of Christ change in your life this year? 
his goodness, his kindness, his mercy, and his gentleness. When we let the invitation of Christ fill us, we get to change our perspective, and we see life through the lens of the goodness and the gentleness of Jesus Christ. I promise, friends, if you say yes to that invitation, it changes everything. Let me give you an example. We recently received an update from, do you remember we partnered with the church to help in Ukraine? And they were working with the refugees. Well, they finally are back in Ukraine. This is what they said. It's been difficult readjusting to life here. It's not the best of times. Power outages last anywhere from four to 36 hours, which means no light, no internet, no water or heat. We climbed 17 flights of stairs to get to and from our apartment and sirens regularly sound, warning us to get somewhere safe to shelter. It's not easy to get used to. But we've also seen amazing things happen. People are helping one another. They're often kind and patient. We see churches stepping up to meet the needs of those around them. One church is giving away warm blankets and taking bags of food to those who are hurting during this financial crisis. Another installed a wood stove so that they might be a warming station and raised funds to give flashlight hats to those in need to walk home in the dark. Listen to what they said. Why during this dark time of hardship and pain are people being kind? Why are they giving and helpful and patient one another? Because a little baby who was miraculously born over 2,000 years ago, who grew up and went through suffering and pain like they are experiencing during this war, the difference is when he died, he conquered death and became alive again, and now he wants us to live in him. All we need to do is trust him. Many people right now are hearing the gospel for the first time and accepting Jesus Christ as their Lord. Hundreds are coming to know this baby who was born at not the best of times, but under Roman occupation. Friends, in the darkest of times, the light of Jesus Christ can shine through. It shows up. It shows up in the hearts of those who give generously, in moments of shared kindness between one person and another in the helping hands of those who refuse to turn away when things get hard. We want to be the kind of church that is so influenced by the loving gentleness of Jesus Christ that we are able to be generous again and again all throughout these years.